Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. Hello everyone, welcome to Red Men Radio, the Liverpool podcast by myself, Paul Machin, and the man, the legend, Mr. Chris Pajak, sat opposite me. Oh, thanks, Paul. I know, it should be in good spirits today, mate. Um, and if you're not, you definitely will be by the end of it, because we're basically going to talk about how Liverpool are amazing in Europe. There's a nice visual gag for those of you watching on YouTube. Hi, welcome. For those of you listening on Acast, thank you very much. Do make sure that you leave reviews as well. Always helps the old algorithm. So if there's a five-star option or a like option, we would like you immensely if you could just click on that. We've got a kickoff question. I said this week it what was technically is the sent in last week. Machin? The kickoff question is as follows. It's from sports underscore DFA. And it says, would you rather wear an Everton shirt or have Jimmy Traore at left back for the Champions League final? Now, bearing in mind... <laughs> I've got to be very careful with what I say here, haven't I? Bearing in mind that anyone with Twitter will know that, that you know, Chris has worn an Everton I'm shirt. I'm okay with an Everton the... shirt, to be honest with yeah. you. Yeah. It's not a big deal. So I, my, here's the thing. I think that's... I think people are unfairly criticising Jimmy Traore in a general sense. I think he's become a bit of a meme in and of himself. Um, listen, and I think... listen, as as nice a guy as Jimmy Traore is, and I'm sure he is a nice guy... Um, who struggles to pass this driving test. He is not Andrew Robertson. No. And there's not many left-backs in the world that can say that, that they are Andrew Very Robertson. Few, yeah. I think maybe one. Maybe. Maybe one, who knows. Um, there must be other people a, who play left-back with that a, name. There's a bit of a drop-off there. Yeah. And that would worry me considerably. My thing is the thing. I've never worn an Everton shirt, and I never would wear an Everton shirt. Uh, not because I'm not like I'm weird and like like because I know like we speak to the Evertonians and they can't wear the colour red because they don't want people to think they support Liverpool and it's like it's a red t-shirt it's not like it's got a live bird on it do you walk down the street going red shirt Liverpool fan blue shirt Everton fan you know what when I was like seven and I used to go to Belvale and I had to wear my Liverpool kit because I wanted everyone to know that I supported Liverpool but that I, 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 that mentality faded because I'm not asked. and you're uh, not seven I, also that uh, although mentally yes um, here's the thing what this Liverpool side could probably what do would with a seven year old you think of the things that you've seen and done it would be horrified <laughs> <laughs> scarred for life um, here's the thing Chris I, 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 would, I wouldn't there was no way I would choose to wear an Everton jersey, and I don't think Jimmy Torrey is as bad. Yes, look, I, I remember the FA Cup goal. I remember the goal against Burnley; it was horrendous. Um, this is a Champions League winner, mate. We could do with some more Champions League winners in this squad. Now we could well have an entire squad of them come the end of May, which would be absolutely beautiful. But look, I, I think I, I'd have Jimmy Torrey's been there; he's done it. Not now. I'd have him uh, I'd on have the peak. grandest stage of all. Exactly. You know what I mean? He's been there. He's he's, he's he's been involved in the greatest Champions League final of all time. So you, I'd rather see him at left back than wearing Everton. Do shirt. you remember the score of the derby I watched in the Everton shirt? I do not. Why? Well, if I'm one and oh, in we're watching a Liverpool game, we definitely won. Because we, we, we haven't lost it. I don't think we've lost the derby since you lost the, the bet to wear that shirt. Well, I'm one and zero. Oh. I know we have. Maybe we've lost it. Anyway, we're great. We're great. Well, I'm one and zero. Oh, yeah, and therefore I'd probably go for the Everton what does, shirt. What does one and zero oh mean? One one, one one. Lost, lost none. Okay, cool. So, um, yeah, it's yeah, like yeah. I'm, I'm three and zero. Oh, we hold steady shares at the moment. Not that I'm keeping count. Uh, the two Man City games and obviously uh, Porto. Obviously, that, that matters. Obviously, Porto. Uh, obviously, 
yet, Roma. <laughs> so, uh, interesting question, and we've not got this on here. What is what is your superstition at the moment? What is the thing we did this on thirteen fourteen, and it was probably some amazing responses. What is the thing that you're doing right now that is the reason why Liverpool are good in Europe? Let us know in the comments below or, or tweet us at the Red Ben TV with, with hashtag European superstitions, please. That mine's, would be amazing. Mine's Gap Jeans, Blue Adidas Traps, um, Hold Steady T-shirt, Black and Grey Under Armour Jumper, Big Green Coat and the Liverpool Reserves Half and Half Scarf I've worn for the Man City, both legs and Roma. So basically Roma... I'm taking this, whether it's 30 degrees or not next week, you're fucked because I've got me full get up to take. And to be fair, slash, arse slashing protection is as many ways as possible. That's called fat on me, bull. <laughs> so, uh, right, it's a quick rundown of this week's topics. We normally go through the, the general news that's happened at Liverpool, but I, there's no sense in it. So, just in quickly, the news and brief is Liverpool won 5 2. Mo Salah and Bobby Firmino have 10 Champions League goals each this season. Sadio Mane has eight. James Milner has the record for a season. Now, Nine assists, uh, and we've got one boot in the final. Uh, Chris, what a night that was. It was pretty sensational, and the, the whole day was a bit nuts, wasn't it? Because, you know, normally when we come in here, we're, like, focused on what we've got to do and get videos out and all that, and we just couldn't concentrate on anything. I come in, and we sat down, and everyone had their laptops out, and everyone was looking at them, and I kind of glanced around the room, and... No one was intently focused. Like everyone was just killing time. Everyone was refreshing Twitter. Everyone had read every single thing that there was to, to read and every single video to consume in the build-up to it. We just had to find a way to, to to kill that day. So thank you, Pro Evo. Thank you, Pro Evolution Soccer. Um, and what a way to fill the day it was. But, but it was mad because fast forward to like 11 o'clock at night and we were both absolutely spent. We were just done in, mentally fatigued, physically fatigued. We'd done frig all all day. Our day didn't start until four. Four, quarter to five, yeah. for about the time we got to the coach greeting kind of thing. Um, but yeah, absolutely emotionally ruined. But it was, it was, it was, it was a fantastic day. It was a fantastic night. It was a fantastic occasion. We have to say it was it was inevitably marred a little bit by the fact that Liverpool conceded a couple. Of, we we ruined our own party to some extent. Yes, and they no. ruined ruined strong, but you know yeah, what you take my Yes and no. I mean, it, it definitely took the shine off mm. it, didn't it? I think you go in, you finish that game five nil, and the atmosphere is like something you've probably never seen before yeah. outside Anfield. But as it as it was, there was a mix and a range of emotions from different people. Now, you know, whenever whenever an atmosphere is created, generally the best atmospheres are creative because everybody's singing from the same hymn sheet. Yeah, yeah. But when you walked out of the ground last night, which was different to City, you, we walked out of the ground at City and everybody's singing LALA into the streets yeah. and there's different people. You're walking one way and there's a group of people walking the other and you're singing the same song and then there's like that, I can't remember what it's called, but uh, I forget, it's all right, it's, it's completely irrelevant and, and stupid. Um, I'm going to ask you the question now. Uh -huh. When uh, an ambulance goes past you and the noise changes, you don't know what it's called? No. no idea. Okay, I've, it's it's not on the tip of my tongue because it, it would come. <laughs> there is a there is a there Listen, is. A, I think it's caps a lock engage. Term. Smash it into your keyboard because the people who know it will be raging that we can't get this right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and then everybody's walking past singing songs. Whereas last night there was a little bit of an LA 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 when we were coming out the cop. But as soon as we hit the street, it all kind of stopped, and that's because people are on different wavelengths, and yeah. people are feeling different people things. People a bit of a, a, bit of a as well. I, I, I can only equate it to kind of like you, you, you get your birthday presents, and you get to choose what order you open them in, and you, and you, and you, you just, you, you've opened all your best ones, so you've got your. You know, you've got your, your your PS1 and you've got your, your you've got your games for it and blah blah blah. And the last present you open, you're like, wow, that was amazing. <gasps> this box oh, it looks like it could be a game. It looks like it could be a game. And you're opening it up and it's socks. It's the shit present that you get to pad your stuff out. And you've opened that last, and instead of being like, wow, look at all this amazing stuff you've got, you're like, oh, all right, okay. Recency cool. bias, Paul. You exactly. remembered the socks. I keep going. On, I keep. I keep going on about that. The, the recency bias thing is massive. That and I, I, it's interesting that like the. Just the the craving for it's not been as mad today. I think there's a I think there's a percentage of Liverpool fans who've kind of because they remember how 
scary that end was. They don't want to go back and revisit it. Can I just highly recommend if you if you're watching this, if you listen to this, and you haven't gone back and watched a the full match really, but moreover uh, extended highlights and if nothing else, just the goals. Liverpool were fucking sensational last night. We were absolutely incredible. We've got a question, uh, in fact, uh, which we may as well just do now from Daniel Mullen. Uh, Daniel Mullen, 14, says, was that the best performance at home this season? For 75 minutes, I would say, yeah, mm. absolutely no problem mm. whatsoever. Anointing that as the best performance yeah. of the season. But I think for me, you know, Manchester City at home, because of everything that went into it, yeah. I actually felt the atmosphere was slightly better at Manchester City. Um, around the ground and in the stadium as well. Yeah. Uh, I think there was a few more nerves first 15 minutes because I think Roma attacked us a little bit better although first 10 Manchester City were good against yeah. us anyway um, so for me I think so but then equally the way that we fought back in those 15 minutes and gained control in that game yeah. there's something to be said for that as well I mean listen you score five goals in the Champions League semi-final it's up there with the greatest performances ever yeah, exactly. never, mi- never mind season exactly, we're yeah. just blessed to see an incredible Liverpool side who sort of keep raising the bar week upon week yeah. you know you go and score five goals away can that be topped actually two rounds later we're going to score five at home Um that's what this Liverpool side do. They're, they're yeah. record breakers each and every week, it seems, at the moment. Yeah. And, you know, there was 23 mental records or something that went down last night. Uh, I saw a tweet from Squawk and just amazing things that have happened. You mentioned some of them. Mo Salah, Bobby Firmino with the 10 Champions League goals. I mean, just it just seems like they're constantly redefining how good this Liverpool side are. Isn't it funny? Because it was something I remember saying at the start of the season about how <laughs> you should, you know, you should, Liverpool need to get back in the habit of breaking stupid little records. And now we've got it, you know. Again. months ago you said that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was, it looked like that because like, we look like a team capable capable of doing that this time around, which is which is amazing. But I, you know what, I'll, I'll say, yeah, because again, recency bias. I, I agree. Look, it, 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 I think it's, it's splitting hairs to pick a difference between City and Roma. I think City are a better City are a better team than Roma, but Roma's a Champions League semi final. Everything that goes with that, there should have been more nerves in this game because this is a bunch of players who've basically won nothing, and if they've won nothing at Liverpool, and this is a club that's won nothing but a, but a League Cup in twelve years or whatever. So thirteen, Christ, uh, no, twelve years. So it's. It, there should have been more to it, and, and and you know we could have won that game ten now. We could have, you know, and that's not a that that's maybe a, a very slight stretch, but we could have won at six or seven. Sadio Mane could have put the early chance away. Genie Wijnaldum could have slotted. Dejan Lovren very nearly scored scored from a Mane header. header from a corner as well. You know, and and this is one of those where to go into that and, and put that level of punting on that stage. Um, yeah, I, th- I think it's again, it's kind of much of a muchness. Um, look, we're going to talk a little there's, bit more. There's something to that though, as well, isn't there? I think in the last round there was two games being played at the same time. Obviously, now you've got one game being played on a Tuesday, one game being played on a Wednesday. You are literally the focus of Europe yeah. and TV audiences around the world, yeah. and that is an added pressure that these guys will have felt going into exactly. that game. Exactly, and everyone's everyone's saying again, all the focus was on. Just that the fear mongering, some of it comes from internally, some of it comes from our, 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 our doubts and fears that creep in because, again, the aforementioned lack of silverware, we have fallen flat when we've needed to, to, to step up a lot over the last decade. Um, but again, it's it, there's, there's, there are the outside pressures of other people to go like, oh, Roma, oh, here's all the things that Roma can do to you. And, you know, there was a point at 5 0 where I. I was mentally preparing me match report on stuff, and it was just like, and it still stands. But it again, it just had the, it just had the, the, the like swept from under it a little bit. Um, in that, you know, people talking about don't underestimate Roma. Stop underestimating Liverpool. Yeah, I, that's the thing that annoyed it. me is that everybody seemed to focus on one team in this Champions League tie. There was two teams. There's always two teams in a game of football. Mm. Do you know what I mean? And you can't, you can't. You can't focus on Roma too much and, and forget about us because we're incredible. Yeah. We're absolutely unbelievable and unstoppable at times. And you know we can go through thirty minutes of a game where the other team doesn't get the ball and we can score four goals yeah. in that time. And you know felt like that, didn't it, last night? Yeah. These lads are these tricky, tricky Reds, Paul. Yeah, they're incredible. Absolutely. So yeah, I, I want to talk a bit more in depth about 
some of the individual performances on the night. But I, we have to mention, we, we've done the final wager. If you want more analysis of this, we've gone through most of the players in the side. Uh, we haven't talked about James Milner, Trent, or a few others. So we're going to come to them in due course. But if you want an hour specifically on this with the four of us on the panel, we had Aubrey back as well yeah. and, and John Higgins as well. So very, very good show. Go to the RedmenTV.com and sign up for that. Um, but yeah, obviously the, the the night was mad a little bit as well. And I think why I was a bit downbeat when I was I got home last night. Like I got in and Mrs. come down the stairs singing the Mo Salah song to me, and she was like, "I thought you'd be more upbeat." And I was like, "I'm I'm emotionally drained. I'm a bit knackered. I'm a bit let down by by the score." And also, we started to see the the the, the news stories about the the fan who got put in hospital by the by the Roma fans. And we just to just so people know, I I didn't see any didn't see any trouble. No, I didn't see any Roma fans. To be fair, so it's not. I can't comment from the personal experience of it, but what we do know is there's a there's a fan in critical condition. We've been told it's a it's a, a fifty odd year old Irish fella, year old Irish um, two, you know, two got a couple of kids, got a couple of kids as well, and is in um, obviously in, in a critical condition off the back of it. And the tough thing about this, Chris, is that as as Liverpool fans, and I'm sure there'll be non-Liverpool fans watching this because it's the way it's the way the world. People just come on just because they think it's a good platform to have a bit of a laugh in comments and try and poke. And you poke a hornet's nest or whatever. So it's hard for us to talk about hooliganism because Liverpool have such a, a, a such a history and association with hooliganism through the eighties and what have you. And you, you know, you can't the, inevitably when you mention hooliganism, people will go back to Heisel. And you know what? There's no look, there's no defendant Heisel. There are extenuating circumstances around a whole bunch of things. Hooliganism plus terrible safety at a football ground allowed that situation to happen you can't defend people losing lives of football games and this is the point Hillsborough was just horrendous safety plus terrible policing which led to people dying people shouldn't people shouldn't be on the verge of that people should it's one thing for have people to be killed by uh, antiquated systems and, and lack of safety measures and whatever it's another thing to go over to another country and 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 attack other fans. I, it's it's yeah. totally alien to me. And, and and there might be older people watching this. And maybe there's people still now who who like the the physical violence side of footy. They like getting together as the lads and having a scrap. And you know, to some extent, to each other, as long as you're not, you know, causing lasting damage, it happens. It's a cultural thing to some extent. I don't agree with it. I don't like it. But Jesus Christ, what you know? It's 2018. What in what world is the is UEFA not coming down on Roma and the Roma fans like an absolute ton of bricks on this. It's if they don't, it's an absolute scandal. Hey, mate, they've they've come out with a statement, haven't they? And they've said they they're shocked by this, and they shouldn't be shocked no, by this wouldn't. at all. It happened in two thousand and one with Liverpool fans in Rome. It happened with Leeds fans. It's happened with Middlesbrough fans. It's happened with Man United fans. It's happened with Chelsea fans all in Rome. You know the fact that there's a there is a, a fan base of supporters that have a specific thing that they do. Now the Roma, the Roma police chief at the, I think in two thousand and twelve or something like that talked about it. Well, there's more stabbings in London. But these are targeted stabbings of football fans who travel over for the game who happen to support the opposition team. Yeah. Now, London's a big city and there shouldn't be stabbings in London regardless, yeah. but these aren't targeted stabbings of a specific group of people who yeah. travelled over for a fucking football match. Yeah. It's a football match. And to, to talk about your point about the Heisel and the Hillsborough and all that type of stuff, right? For me, I wasn't old enough. I don't remember that type of football tribalism and hooliganism and stuff. For me, there's a line drawn in the sand, Paul, and that line was drawn 20, 25, 30 years ago, maybe, whatever mm. it was. And I thought we were past all that, and me growing up as a football fan, thankfully I've never had to deal with that. But there are people who've lived through it, and you know, there's people who've scarred from stuff like that. You know, Your dad's mate, You know, was, was so, your dad was telling us about a story about his mate, and I won't go into that, but... There are people who are scarred by these type of things, and it's a football game, and we all get passionate about it. Of course, we do. It's our fucking lives yeah. revolve around this football club because of our passion for this football club. It's a game. Yeah, it's a fucking game. Here's the thing, Jesus Christ. Yeah, there's the thing because like it, it exists. It exists in British football still. You know, I, I lived in Sheffield for years, and I, I was I was on this is only this is going back fifteen years now, and I remember being shocked when. When it was the Steel City derby and they shut all, because I used to live not far from Sheffield United Ground, Bramall Lane, and they shut the pubs within like a two mile radius or whatever the ground, 
all of them. And I come in, I worked in a pub, and I came in, and, and you couldn't get a pint after nine o'clock at night. It was like, what the hell's going on? Because it was just the, all the windows would get put up, put through in pubs near the ground. So it it, it happens, and okay, it's it's a culture. It'd be wrong of us to say it doesn't. It doesn't just because it does. But to, it sounds daft, but. <sighs> If that exists, and look, if there's Liverpool fans who want to go and have fight a fight with Roma fans, they'll go to the Roma fans. You know what I mean? I just thought the idea of going to another city and literally going like there's there's poor, kids and there's families and there's all that kind of you know it's, they've gone they've they they've gone out they've gone away from their not, part of the ground. Ser- to look for trouble, they've like not you're... searched for a group of Liverpool fans who want to fight. Yeah, they have picked on the innocents and bystanders and people who are just walking down the street. Yeah. Now, from what my understanding of hooliganism was from films and stuff like that, and you know, from, you know, from films and stuff, is the top boys search out the top boys and they have a scrap with them. That isn't even that. Yeah. This is just picking on innocent people. Yeah. and there's a fucking big difference. A massive difference. Yeah, I mean, it's telling. I don't know whether it's it's two or not, but it, I, the, what we what I was told is that like basically they ended up getting chased off by a bunch of by a bunch of Liverpool fans, and it is the thing. Uh, you know, I saw that on a video. That's the the stuff that you don't you don't want to. That's that's the problem with this, and that, that's the problem with with that tribalism thing, and we see it all over the place. It's like it's retaliation and a retaliation and escalation of the problem in, in tribalism because it's they're the bad guys we did we did you did this so we do this kind of thing like and that's a dangerous world to enter into particularly with us going to going to Rome next week and what have you and I hope I hope no there's no there's no idiots among our fan base who take it upon themselves to become you know to get revenge upon it because you know there's, there's there's morons in every fan base but the point of, of that is it's this they just, uh, you know, it's an institutionalized culture in, in in Roma, and it's I don't I I don't know what the answer is and whether it's you uh, that someone needs to step up and take responsibility. Now you saw we had the issues of the coach greeting and Liverpool fans throwing bottles at the Man City coach, and then so what happens? The club come out and condemn it. The manager comes out in the build up to this game and says. Like basically, don't be idiots. We don't need you. Don't need you doing this. You need to step up. I, you know, I, I think so. it could, it needs the big people within Roma to step up and make it. We need Francesco Totti to come out and go. What are you doing? You fucking idiots. Pack it in, or you're not proper fans of this club. But there needs to be strong. There needs to be more than that. It. It needs, there needs to like. be fucking these people need to be banned from going to football grounds. You know that's what happened in the eighties and the nineties in England. Yeah. You would ban these people. It's got to be much easier to ban these type of people now with all the cameras and everything that we've got going on in the world compared to 20, 30 years ago. They just shouldn't be allowed to play football. They shouldn't be allowed on the fucking streets. Yeah. To be perfectly honest, they need to be fucking locked up. And it's all way the key. Well, exactly. If that's what the type of a person you are. Yeah. You're not a civilized person. You know, yeah, you know, and it's and again, it goes back to the police and such a shame that so much of the, so much of stuff was done was carried out in the best, you know, in the best possible way. Things were modified from the Man City stuff from from the Liverpool fan perspective, and I was worried when I saw some some because we saw some police horses legging it and what have you, and I was like, oh god, please don't let this be Liverpool fans because just of the negativity around the stuff, the stuff last time. But it does make you think. You see, in, in games like that, why aren't the Roma fans literally being marched to the stadium? And I know you're gonna get you can. There's no controlling a hundred percent of the influx in because you can get to things by a, a, a myriad of ways. But there needs to be. There should be more than there should have been more. There should have been more active policing. There should have been more people around. That shouldn't be allowed to happen around a football game, particularly with a club that's got a track record like that. So it, it was a fucking clusterfuck along the way, and there's no there's no escaping the fact that the, the their, their fans should just again. It's crazy to me that we live in a world where that would happen on, on, under any set of circumstances, let alone a, a football. And, you know, the football's moved on for better or for worse. People might think it's a bad thing. It's not. You know what? People harp back to wanting football to be like the 80s. You speak to people who watched footy in the 80s, the atmospheres weren't as good as people have them in the memories, the experiences, the, the, the general comfort of what you do was fucking horrendous. The quality of football was shite. Everything about football in the 80s, everything about the 80s was shite, to be perfectly honest. But we're particularly on the football. Don't hark back to the dark ages of football. It's, it's horseshit. It's just nostalgic bollocks. Football, yes, we live in a more sanitised age. Yes, more needs to be done to make football more engaging for fans, to help passionate fans express their passions. But this isn't that. This is not. This is just fucking 
base criminality and you're damn right absolute animals you deserve to be you deserve the, the full weight of the law to be dropped upon their head um and we'll see what we'll see what happens i can't look you just you wait for should take action i can't That's i can't see it happening like it's total bollocks um right listen look we had we, we had to talk about that because it is it's horrendous that it's happening obviously uh, my, my wishes are, uh, and kisses yeah, and everyone at the red men tv uh, uh thoughts and prayers go out to to to, to those who were affected by it and hope everyone pulls through and we can, we can come over it because it's a, it's a football game at the end of the day and no Bill Shankly said it's you know it's not a matter of life or death it's more important you know what Bill Shankly had a way with words I'm fairly certain I don't like people speaking for people or I've never met or never known I'm not sure a man who was it was into socialism and the rights of the people would ever choose to have his morals or his words used to defend people dying at football games we'll leave it at that um, right we're going to come talk, talk about some of the good stuff the football players who were magnificent for the mighty Reds in a minute but um, to get a more specific thing on that Tom, Sy and Ross sat down this week. They did the Man of the Match podcast on the RedmenTV.com. They do it after every single game. They sit down. They talk about who the best players are. Sometimes it's good. Sometimes it's tricky. But it's always a magnificent podcast. Here's a little clip for you. So look, Mo Salah, I'll just rattle through his stats. He had four shots on target, zero off target. Three out of three dib- dribble attempts successful. Five key passes, two out of four crosses done. Three big chances created. But the two that count are the two goals and the two assists. I mean, you look at that finish, that, that's worthy of a man of a match award anyway, that finish, it was unbelievable, but the runs that he was making all night, I know the front three were doing it all night, but the runs he was making himself, just, they couldn't handle him, Roma couldn't handle him, and they were scared, they were scared of him, and as soon as he went off, they got a foothold, that shows just how much they were scared of pushing too high for me, and the assist for the, for the, for the fourth goal, is one of the easiest things I've ever seen anyone do on a football pitch, but only him and Messi can do it. The way he just shifts his weight a little bit and beats the man with with ease, you know what I mean? And I think it's 43 goals and 13 assists for this season. I think it's 13 assists, and that's unbelievable. That's unprecedented. Fantastic work by the boys. Yeah, you can go on to the redmantv.com, sign up now, get your free month trial, see what it's all about. We've got the final word show on there as well. There's an exclusive interview with Jamie Carragher. There's an in-depth exclusive interview, a two-part interview with Lucas Leiva. Loads of, loads of amazing stuff. And Chris is doing stats and tactics as well, which is the freshest, hottest, most in-depth take on Liverpool from a stats and tactics perspective that you can get on the internet today. It's also the best show we do. Sure. Um, Not my words. <laughs> it never is. Um, the le- We never talked about it before. Actually, I actually want to talk about the coach greeting. Um, they mixed things up a little bit. Uh, they changed which side of the dual carriageway the coach came up. The Roma coach came a completely different way. Um, we stood there from five o'clock and for two hours, basically, waiting for the coach to turn up. Loads of smoke bombs, flares, singing, jumping, great. Rain. Rain, rain the whole time. Did not see the coach. No, didn't see it. No. I feel like I've been shortchanged. I didn't pay anything, <laughs> but I feel like I've been shortchanged regardless. Yeah. What was really, and I've only just started thinking about it when you mentioned it, is I, I was protecting the curb for around about two hours. You know, so I'd got myself at the front of the curb where I was expecting to see it. And then, for some reason, everybody literally turned around. I didn't know why. Mm. I didn't realise the coach was coming. I just thought some, some cool stuff was happening behind me. So I turned around with the crowds. And then smoke bombs, grenades, flares, all that type of stuff. And then it got louder and louder. And I was thinking, wow, this is getting really fucking good. Imagine what it's going to be like when the coach is here. And then everyone, and then someone tapped me on the shoulder. and was like, the Roma coach has gone in, you know. And I'm like, it's fine. Don't worry about it. I'm just here for the Liverpool coach. He's like, the Liverpool coach has just gone, lad. And I was like... When? Yeah. When? I didn't see the Liverpool coach. You kidding me? And yeah. then I turned around to you. I'm like, has Liverpool coach gone? He's like, yeah, I've just, you know, just I saw the arse end of it going down on Phil Road. Yeah. And I was like, are you kidding it me? Was, it was funny because there was two lads on a sign behind us, which ended up being in front of us when we turned around. And they were going, they like they, they were pointing, going, it's coming, it's coming. And I was like, I don't see how the, I said to you, I don't see how the coach is coming up this way. And I said, I didn't realise they'd switch which side of your carriageway it, it was coming up. So, uh, yeah, I, so I, I was like, Okay, I was ready for it to come, and then yeah, I, I basically came from the other the other side. But you know, ultimately, I, I, you know, it was. Um, it was I didn't need the again. coach for it to be a great coach, no, 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 no. That's what I've learned. Yeah. I've taken that away from me, and you'll never take that off me. You'll never take away my freedom. Um, I, you think I would get bored of LA, LA, LA? It's simply not possible. Nope. 
I um, and I just and yeah, I know literally. Oh yeah, t-shirts available right now. By the way, Chris smartly sporting R L A L A shirt for how long is that on sale for? Actually, till Friday night. Till Friday night. So if you listen to this on Saturday morning, unlucky you've missed your chance. Um, but go to theredmentvshop.bigcartel.com. Correct. Uh, and order it now while you can. It's available in navy blue and in that wonderful shade of deep red, as gloriously matching of Chris Pajak's eyes right now. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, get it. It's boss. Anyway, um, yeah, no, the whole thing was fantastic, and and I love that song. And it, it it was another one of the situations where I walked out of that feeling ten foot tall. I think I'd said as we got away, people started asking me, and I was like. I'd gone from it being, I can't remember what my prediction was, I thought it'd be like a 2-1 or a 3-1, I was like, nah, 3-0. I felt all of a sudden, I was like, right, I feel powerful in this, I felt loads more confidence, and that's all, to some extent, Chris, that's more what that's about. It's about, it's a show of power, and even even whether it's it's meant for that or not, and it's ended up being an incidental bonus, when you that you're surrounded by fans in that regard, and you've got that real sense of togetherness, and the fact that it pissed down with rain for the whole time, we were all there, and it didn't dampen anyone's mood or spirits. Um, Just my head, yeah, literally, yeah, um, and and yeah, and my jeans. But the you come out of that just thinking like, my God, what if what if how can anyone we are? how can anyone beat this? Yeah. You can't beat that. And 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 listen, we've proved it time and time again when we've done these things. We've been incredible, and the team has just been lifted to the point where they're like the best team in the world, and the, certainly the best team in Europe right now. And you know, there's it's mad, isn't it? Because there is that power that you get from it. And you come out and you're like, wow, this is such a thing. And we went and had a quick pint, didn't we? In the yeah. in the o- Oakenfield, was it? Oakfield. Oakfield. You've done that a couple of times. Have I? The Paul Oakenfold. <laughs> I don't know who that is, but I'm guessing. Ah, Cream. Sure. Was it Cream? Yeah. Yes. A lot can happen in the next three years, like a chatbot, maybe your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. So... Um, you come out of there, we had a quick pint in there and it kind of like, you just recharge your batteries, you got like an hour and then everybody's ready to do it all over again. So you, you, you've stretched your vocal cords, you're ready to sing, you're ready to shout, you're ready to scream, but it's not just the cop. And that's the great thing about the coach welcoming is everybody is ready. So when they go into the stadium, they look, everyone's looking around and like, we're all up for this. Of course we're all up for fucking this. I was there. I fucking greeted the coach. We're going to just carry it on. And it just takes the atmosphere inside. It makes the atmosphere 10 times better yeah. than if you just walk into the match cold 15 minutes before, scan yeah. a quick pie, have a quick bovril, and then start singing. Because, I mean, that I don't know. I've never spoken to Mariah Carey about it or Taylor Swift or anything like that. You have no idea where I'm going with this, do you? Okay. I'm not, but I'm fascinated. But I'm guessing that they don't just turn up 15 minutes before a concert to have a quick bovril and a fucking pie and start singing. They need to do a little bit of singing before. If I'm going to go out on a limb <laughs> and make a judgment on Mariah Carey and Taylor Swift's pre-gig routines, you know what? I, I am fully behind the notion that there's no way. I will almost say it's almost 100% possible that they will not. They would not go with a pre a pre a pre sing bovril. Um, I'm not saying they wouldn't scan a meat and potato pie, but definitely. But I might. Mariah. I don't think Taylor would. Yeah, yeah. Tay Tay. Uh, <laughs> 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 yeah, it's uh, no. That was the thing. We walked into the ground, 
and it's this, the, I love the, you, Taylor. Flags are all right. What? The flags are <laughs> the flags are all right. Everyone's already singing, and it, they, they, they mentioned it on the on the TV commentary. I was when I watched later on how like people were in the ground like an hour and a half beforehand, all getting built up for it. And that was the thing. You people went for the. For for the singing, they went to, to to generate the atmosphere, and it was interesting because I noted it was like five minutes into the game, and the lower Kenny Dalglish were all still stood up. That's that, when's that? And you can see like that. I'm the mentally far end thinking, the, where's the lower Kenny? Yeah. Oh, lower sense, you need yeah, right, yeah. okay. And the far end, you know, by uh, the uh, the main stand by the by the Annie Road end, and like the, 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 they're all up, and the the, the scars are twirl twirling. It's just a a sight to behold, and you realise when you look at that. Um, what Man City did with the Etihad, and they gave them all, they gave them all the, the the flags, and they gave them the the the, the baby blue and white toilet paper to to, to, Sorry, to shut down what, the place. What did they give them? The single use plastic? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Single use prophylactics. Um, that created a, a great visual spectacle. We did it ourselves. People just brought scarves and just. You know, there's people I know, I've, like you've never worn scarves to a game before, and there's people who, who've got it and bought them, and there's people who've dug out old scarves, you know, from from the past. Si was here. We were just about to go, and he's like, "I'm going to go and get a scarf from the office because that's how much it meant to be. Because they want to be part of something that's yeah. bigger than they are. Yeah. You know what I mean? You don't want it handed to you. Yeah. That's what Manchester City fan, Manchester City fans had. Yeah. They were handed it. We took it for ourselves, and yeah. there's a difference. Yeah. And that thing of when you've got. What amounted to what, like fifty thousand plus people, and not I said all of them were rather, you know, rallying around with the scarves or whatever. But three sides, you know, what four fifths of the ground or whatever, is there going for it? It's just you. You can you just take a moment sometimes, and you take a step back from your life, and you look at it, and you're like. Wow, you know, you you're so often in the thick of everything you do in life. Life is just a constant, just in the get moment. up, eat, drink, sleep, work, barrel through your life, bouncing from event to event. Sometimes in those things, you've kind of got to take a little moment and just just appreciate what's happening in front of you. And there's something incredibly special about what we're doing at the moment. I looked up at the upper main because I could see it from my seat in the cop, and it was just scarves. Yeah. That's all it was. Like I was looking up for you'll never walk alone and stuff. And it's like you'll never walk alone's always great. I did left them on the seats when they went to get a corporate bottle. <laughs> <laughs> no, <upper. laughs> you don't put the corporate stuff up there, mate. Yeah, too far away. It's far too far. Unless there's lifts, you might get a few going up in uh, a lift or something. Yeah, but it's just like you do. You take. You have to take a step back. And I, I'm always reminded. And it's it sounds ridiculous because I've always got my fucking phone out at the game. Um, take the still frames and photos with your mind. Mm. It's a Green Day lyric, isn't it? Yeah. Um, and I always try and think about that when you when you're somewhere that you want to remember. Try and try and take that yeah. with you, yeah. because you'll look back on that in twenty, thirty years, and you'll go fuck. Like the 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 very first time I think I did that was Oasis in Finsbury Park because we were at the front. We remember it well, don't we? I wasn't there, so no. Okay, I took a really great image of that, but it wasn't of the people that I was with. It was it was Liam Gallagher singing in front of me yeah. and stuff like that, and that is one of the like the, the my best memories ever. I've not seen that on telly. I've not seen like anything back or anything like that. We didn't have camera footage of it, but I can tell you exactly where we were in relation to him and what he was doing at the time. Like because you have to make those special moments yourself, and you have to take the time to appreciate them because they don't come around very often. It's been ten years. You mentioned it in the build-up. Liverpool haven't been in that situation. Enjoy it. Everybody walked away from that going. That will be one of the games that's remembered, yeah. regardless of whether we win this competition or yeah. not. Absolutely. We've got uh, Lauren through the vision mixer for a second. Lauren, how old were you t- 10 years ago? Eight. Lauren was eight. Best experience, the last couple of games, best experience? Yeah, uh, it, it, this is the thing. Like you know, and this is a whole new generation of uh, of fans that we're getting to experience this kind of thing. Like it's just absolutely out of this world. So yeah, you know, I, I know it's stressful. I know the the, the, the goals conceded kind of take a little bit of an edge off it, but they shouldn't. You know, they will. They shouldn't enjoy the fucking ride. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, let's talk James Milner. Chris, we didn't mention him on the particularly on the final word. It feels like you were saving something. I was, for the sa- I was saving James Milner. For the, no, James, James, James Milner, Milner has saved us. Yeah, James it's Milner. It's time who, someone saved him. Yeah. Poor you, spot on. Who'd have thought 
a year ago or two years ago that we would be I would be saving James Milner for for a piece of content because I was so desperate to talk about how good he is. Are we going to be talking of James Milner like we talk about Gary Mack and free transfers? That is an absolute belter of a shout. Yeah, Chris, I I couldn't yeah I couldn't have phrased that any better. He, free transfer. We've got him. He's younger as well, you know. If he plays to Gary Mack's age, we got Gary at thirty-five. Yeah, you know, he was, he was he was done. He was completely done. Pretty much by the time we got him, we got what, a, a good season and a half. Jimmy Milner, Jimmy, Jimmy. Yeah, yeah. Um, he. Um, I am blown away by James Milner. That performance once again. <laughs> it's Twitter um, account. <laughs> your Twitter account. Your Twitter account. <laughs> you're boring tweets. You're boring tweets. Yeah, Jamie Miller. Oh, what's that? You throw back Thursday. Yeah, you're slightly square head. Um, <laughs> you picks our character face. Um, I love James Miller. He's, he's fantastic, and that he's was the best of us, Paul. Yeah, he. Um, I, you know, this is a lad who played left back for us, and we had a little bit of it. And let's be honest, we had a little bit of a snigger at that. We thought. Oh well, you know we come here to play centre mid for us, and now Jürgen's got him playing left back. And look, he was he was tremendous, and he won a lot of respect. I think from the Liverpool fans playing left back and last squad. season. Yeah, yeah, of course. Um, now, I, but I think we kind of the respect that came from fans was like, oh, you look, you've done a tremendous job playing left back. Well, well done, mate. But it was still very much it was about his tireless work rate as much as anything else that people still went on about. He's class, mate. He's just broken the record for. Assist him in a in a Champions League. Whose record was it? Uh, you know what? I did he have a joint with Neymar? Is that what it is? Yeah, yeah. I mean, Neymar, the world's most expensive player. Yeah. Just by the way, <laughs> just just I'll let you correlate that yourselves. Yeah. James Milner, free from Manchester City, and here's the here's the here's the really great thing. He's a he's a better player for playing at left back last season. Yeah, I agree. And because. That midfield three is such a difficult role, that eight role, because you do have to cover for the full-back so often in yeah. the way that Robertson and Trent move forwards. But he's so comfortable when he has to cover for him, but he's equally as comfortable because he played on the fucking wing when he has to overlap. Yeah. And he's a centre-mid as well. And it's that tireless work rate. It's the reading of the game. It's the experience that he brings. It's absolutely everything. He's. I just wish we got him 10 years ago. I really, yeah. really, truly do, because he could be... A, all-time club legend if we'd have got him 10 years ago he, or if we'd have got him at the same point but he was 25 like a year and a half ago when he was 25 exactly you think about it and he 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 started the season as a bit of a squad utility man we talked about it like we didn't get introduced there's games where he wasn't playing and we're like well, where the hell's Milner what is he, is he good to play with is he not good enough and I remember we kind of theorised that there's a degree to which he's had to relearn the midfield role because he's not been he's not been in it so it, it took him time and then you know think about that Maribor game Away from home, and he three assists. He, he basically played the. Um, he came on the in that game, didn't he? I think he started that game. I think he played. He played the Lalana role in that game. He played like right of the right of the the, the the three midfielders, just slightly advanced support on the attack, and he just cropped up everywhere in that attack. He was just absolutely out of this world, and he's just played at that level pretty much ever since and again this is a lad who gets maligned he gets you know he gets lumped in with the board and mill and the accountant and what have you and it's great to see him or, or his PA having a bit of a laugh with that on his own Twitter account now but you talked about it, his creativity his vision his work rate his set pieces his, you know he, he, the, the stuff that he does he does the agricultural stuff so it's very easy to look at him and go we criticise the Pills midfield of having him in it and going it's a bit, it's a bit agricultural he's uh, you know, so he's putting a crunching tackle in and winning the ball, and then he he, he drops a shoulder and he skins someone and he, and he starts another attack off. He, he's setting tempo of the game as well, isn't he? You know, yeah. you can you can see that you know sliding tackles, flying in on uh, Nangle and all that type of stuff. The Rossi and he's there, he's everywhere. It always seems to me like he he he's like. He's like almost a firefighter in that he always turns up wherever he's needed. Yeah. And it's not by accident. Yeah. It's by skill and experience yeah. and his and his football brain. He yeah. just understands where he's gonna be needed. And that sounds so simple to say. Yeah. But that's probably one of the hardest things in football to yeah. learn. Yeah. Well look at it, Chris, you know, that 
is the thing, and this is why what's amazing about Jurgen Klopp and what's amazing about this Liverpool side and what's amazing about f- footy and I, and I love the why we're doing it this way. Because for all the will in the world, you look at Man City's midfield and if you don't watch really watch a lot of football within your own club, it doesn't take a genius to look at Man City's you're midfield. talking about me here, Paul, lad. Feels like you're talking about me. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't take a genius to look at the various midfield options that other other teams have got and go, that's a great midfield or they're, they're great players. The midfield we've got in, in Henderson, Milner, Genie Wijnaldum and obviously Adoxa Chamberlain, whatever, and we're forgetting about Emery Chan, we're forgetting about Lallana, whatever. You'd look at that on paper and like, because that's not a great midfield on FIFA and it's probably not a great midfield on, on Footy Manager, but the point is, is these are all technically gifted footballers with great football brains and they are I like at this point yeah maybe I would swap them maybe I you know maybe I would swap for these other players just to have the experience of seeing a De Bruyne every week and seeing a David Silver and what have you but you know this this midfield is very you know, there's a good chance we'll get to the end of this season and that midfield will have won a European Cup for us and all of a sudden, you think back to what we had in Istanbul. The midfield was the best thing we had in that team, pretty much. But defence, centre backs, and midfield was all that team really had in terms of absolute quality. And that the midfield is almost like the, the least glamorous part of our, our team. And yet, hey, listen, what's the nicest part of a car? It's not the fucking engine, but it's the thing that makes it work. And that's what our midfield is on the football pitch, isn't it? Yes. It's the body of the cars, what everybody loves, or the trimmings, or whatever you know what I mean. But the engine, what makes it fucking go? Right. You okay. can't, you can't have the car. Right. It's just a okay. shit car with no engine. It's, yeah. it's, it's essentially just a seat. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but that's what our midfield yeah. is, and what Klopp has been able to do. And I don't know how he's been able to do this because he loves players who uh, who are able to play in different positions. Yet what he's managed to get somehow is these these guys who can play right wing and play defensive midfielder and play the six and play the eight and play fucking fullback. And yet they're not just the jack of all trades; they're specialists almost in every position. You, you, and you, t- yeah. It's mad. Being a jack of all trades is a, is it makes you a specialist. It's, it's a, but then normally it's a jack of all trades, master of none. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's not the case with yeah. these lads. Yeah. You know, you throw Genie in the six the other week; he looked fucking unbelievable. Yeah. You throw him back in the eight yesterday; he looked fucking unbelievable. Yeah. You throw James Mill on the left back; he's sound. You throw him left with sound centre; they're all specialists at what they do. Yeah. What they do is fucking loads of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. No. It is. It, it, it is fantastic, and you start to realise why we take our time over who we're, who we're looking for, and you realise there's a reason why the lads are here because we're at a point where there's probably we'll talk we'll do a lot of the, the transfer stuff post season, of course. Always again another good reason to go to RedmanTV.com because we cover this in a lot of depth and detail. But you weed stuff out as you go along. Your squad evolves, and there will be a couple of guys who leave who, who leave, but not. Of the lads who are involved, who've been involved in games this season, I think most of the lads who Jurgen Klopp doesn't like or doesn't don't fit in mental in the, in, with the mentality required are either out on loan or they've already been shipped out of the mm. shipped out of the football club. And you know this is the this is what you realise is that some people I think just take a top line view. They're looking, oh, I don't, I'm not sure about him. Well, you know what, Jurgen, sure. Jürgen and Bruvac are very sure because they wouldn't put that much trust in it and it wouldn't work because if they didn't have the ability to deliver, it would be glaringly obvious if a, a player simply didn't fit our team. You've just got to look at the difference. Like, have we missed Daniel Sturridge since he's been gone? Who? Exactly. You know, I love Daniel Sturridge, but we no longer have games where even Danny Ings, who, to be fair, wasn't great when he came when, when he came on, fine, playing right wing for a centre-forward, fine. I think that's as much a lack of other players to play in those positions as it is his fault. But we don't get through games and go, mm, I'm not sure if he's a clock player anymore. Daniel Sturridge will be forever going, you need to cha- You need to play to his strengths. Origi, we said exactly the same about him, Paul. We don't Can say he play that anyone one up top? We used to say all the yeah. time, is he a clock player? He's not here anymore. Yeah. We don't say of any players in that team anymore, mm, not, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not convinced that they, or do, they need to do this or they need to do that. Everyone is just working in perfect harmony. Everyone's performing to the absolute utmost of their abilities, and it, it's great. Uh, one more player I want to discuss, because as I said, we've done most of these, so I don't want to, you know, for people who watch the, the final word, show religiously as well you should um, you can go and check out all this stuff but the we didn't talk about Trent particularly either and it just just I don't, he's the best of us Paul <laughs> I love him um, he we talked about it in the car on the way home and, and, and I think our phrase it was on the lines of they were happy for him to have the ball for the, and 
all of a sudden, it was Trent was like, great, and I'm happy to have the ball. I bet they, I think they thought he'd wilt. Like they'll put him under pressure and he'll make mistakes. They not watch the Manchester City game because it wasn't even like Trent was required to do. A ton of like because like Leroy Sane in the Etihad, it was backs to the wall, and we and he had to, you know he, he had to be totally switched on and all that, and you know a little bit toward the end of the game, but maybe he was he wasn't as good as good defensively I think last night as he was in the Etihad, but where he was vital for us, he basically was our right back creative playmaker, deep line playmaker, and that's what you know. I'm I'm about to record, and I've done the research for the stats and tactics show this week. You know, we'll be looking at 45 minutes probably uh, in depth at the game, and one of the segments is on Trent Alexander Arnold and what he offers us from that right back position. We did a focus on him a couple of weeks ago where we looked at his defensive work, but it's really his offensive work that shone last night. You're exactly right, and it's that ability to. Have two touches of the ball, and in those two touches, one of them spraying a 40-yard pass into space for Mo Salah. And you'd be surprised at how little time they actually gave him when yeah. you watch it back, yeah. because they wear onto him really quick. But what is unbelievable about, about his performance is that he doesn't need a lot of time to be yeah. able to hit a perfect ball. You know, he's not like... He's not like Maybe maybe I'm being a little bit harsh on this, but when Van Dijk lines a pass up or, you know, Deja Lovren lines a long ball up and you can see who it's going to and and who he's winding up to quite yeah. a second or two before he sees it, Trent shifts the ball and hits the ball and you've got no idea where he's playing that pass to yeah. and it's into Mo Salah. And it was, a, it was criminal defensively from Roma, let's not beat around the bush here, but 40, 50-yard balls to someone's feet are incredibly difficult to do. Whether they're in a bad position or not, yeah. you've still got to play the pass and you're taking advantage of their position as well. He's been able to compute all of this stuff and play the pass that gets us in behind. And it was so often throughout the game where we went direct and you'd say it was a long ball, but it's not a hit and hope long ball. Yeah. It, it was a tactic for Liverpool. I think we played 68 long balls last night. You know, 67 of them were turned to Mo Salah's feet. I mean, you know, I'm do, I've, been, I've been doing the research. Like, and, I, and then I looked, fact. And I looked into it. Fact. Mo Salah scored 197 goals this season. I'm convinced of it. He's yeah. going to get 200, I'm sure yeah. of it. Yeah, definitely. But now Trent, Trent truly what, is... What's what great about him is that I have no fears of him in possession. Now, like, I've seen right-backs, lots of right-backs, Nathaniel Klein sometimes, and Gomez sometimes, and countless players who've played full-back for Liverpool down the years. They get possession, because I get it with Robertson a little bit, because I love Andy Robertson, I think he's great, but you don't want him in a confined space with two men, closing them down, if he's not got good close options by. Yeah, he's right. very good at moving the ball, and right. he is very good in those situations for a left-back. Trent is fucking exceptional in them for because he plays them like a midfielder. He's very much like Milner was from the left back position last season, and a lot of our play went through Milner last year um, as a result. And he gets it, and you're right. His ability to he just takes a touch, and then he picks a pass, and that's whether and and it's never panicked. It's never and if it is, if it's slightly rushed, all he's ever going to do is just put it into a little bit of space. And that's the beauty, of course, of him being on Mo Salah's side, and that works a lot, is that if he does get it wrong, he tends to get it wrong in the right way. Yeah. And that is, if you're going to get it wrong, over-hit it rather than under-hit it. And he's, again, his distribution is such an asset. Um, and it's one of those things where we should be, other teams will look for weaknesses. And all of a sudden, the number of players in our starting eleven whom, if you're going to set traps, you, you would target... That's decreasing with every with every passing week because even the ones who are there should be the liabilities are getting better. Andy <laughs> Robinson should be a liability, and he's not really. You're really looking at Dejan Lovren's almost the last one in that side for whom he can get himself in a muddle because it's not. But what quite are you going to do? Thing. What are you going to do if that if that is the case? What do you do? Do you put you should put a man on him? Will so we, you free Van Dijk up? Yeah. Well, I mean, exactly. what are you doing? Are you going to try and press him? Because he doesn't get flustered in that regard. Yeah. You'll just knock it back to the keeper or allow it. He's and not the, asked. The good thing is is that he's got a decent range of passing on him, but also it means that there's 10 other players to whom he can just kick it to and they'll handle it. Yeah. It's not as much of an issue. No, very, very good stuff indeed. Um, best moment of the night? Henderson absolutely yes. smashing Nangolin <laughs> yes. everywhere. Scattered 45, 45 minutes in, Jordan Henderson, Nangolin's got the ball running towards it. Jordan Henderson, captain of Liverpool Football Club, I might add. 
bang, nangling into next week on his ass, toss overs. What the fuck's going on, Jordan? I imagine he just went like this. I fucking <laughs> ran off like that. Fucking loving it. it the was, best moment of the was, entire game. And I include the five goals in that. Yeah, well fun. done, Jordan. You are my captain. Absolutely. You're the best of us. Fantastic. Um, so many best of us. Um, and there were 11 of them. 12 of them, to be fair, last night. Um, yeah, great. Great, great stuff. Um, Listen, you know, this, there's, a, there's a couple of things. We could talk about the, the disappointments of the game. We're not doing that. Again, we've done that in the final way. So also, that's where we do... Sorry, two seconds. That's where we do the analysis of all that kind of stuff. So if you want a, a, a proper in-depth and a bit more balance to it, if I'm, I'm not doing this on the podcast. It's the podcast. Let's be happy. Go on, Chris. What are you going to say? The Roma, I, I said it to you last night, and I don't think many people will notice it, but the fellow who was taking the Roma corners, um, main stand cops corner it was, when Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain was getting walked around, and he was getting an applause off the off the fans. Um, the corner taker actually applauded yeah. Alex Oxley Chamberlain, and I didn't see any of the other Roma players do that. I thought that was a really cool little. Did moment. he applauded him? He applauded him. He clapped him. <laughs> um, yeah, the only other one was something I watched when watching the highlights back was watching Francesco Totti and Bruno Conti um, just get gradually more miserable as the game went on to the point where it was there was another fella there, and right at the last one had come back to them, and they were both just. Head and hands. Totty just looked like he wanted to die, just staring off into the middle distance, wondering why, how he, what, you know, how quickly he could get out of Liverpool. Absolutely magnificent. Um, Final one for me. I know Sadio Mane blazed this opportunity over Bar, but the back heel to put it into his touch, touch, like the fl- yeah. Oh the, my yeah, days! Like I mean, I, I, I don't know how you do that in stride. Mm. Yeah, how you he's do running it? at full pelt. Yeah. I, that in itself is not that difficult. It's difficult to not blam it as hard as you possibly can and basically put it out for a, for a goal kick. Yeah, to be able to do it and still catch it once you've done it is is, is genuinely. I, I just kind of wish he'd done a rainbow flick over the keeper because I think he's scored and if yeah, he's doing that, absolutely, just just slot it. But I think it actually informs Mo Salah's finish later on. I think he's he's gone. No, this is do. this is how you do it, mate. Just. Gentle, gentle <laughs> dink. Um, Chantil Mosala. Yeah. Um, just a, uh, briefly then, because we're going to be doing the build-up show uh, tomorrow uh, ahead of Stoke. Stoke, back to reality. Fucking back hell. to Stoke in the Premier League. Um, I believe, I, I've been told that I should have done my own research this, but I'll trust Simon if he's wrong, then blame Si. That we, only, we need four points from the last three games to secure a top four. Um, the one, th- the Stoke thing is, is, is a conundrum. Um at 5-0, if we win that and that that's therefore tied completely over, I personally am putting a full strength team out for Stoke and I'm resting in, in Rome if, if we need if what we need you? to if what we need if, if they get if I get told these guys you've got a hundred and fifty minutes, say, in this player, this player, and this player over two games, how do you apportion that time? I preference getting the points in Stoke because you don't need to you, you, Who is Stoke playing win. up top? Uh, Peter Crouch and anyone else? Uh, occasionally, Mame Biram Diouf, I think. I'm probably playing my two centre halves. You know they're going to have to deal with that again on at the weekend. I'm yeah. giving them practice. Peter that. Crouch is a decent, a decent key player to keep you tipped, uh, topped up, isn't it? Like yeah, when you know you got Jekyll and you're going to have that sh- shink. What's his name? Sh- uh, yeah, Shick. Shick. When you know that the basically the two of them are going to be starting, yeah. I want my centre house to get a little bit more practice at that, yeah. and I probably want my DM as well. To be honest, yeah, because I want I want to get him on the other side just of it. Got a choice, have we? That's the pro- that's the big problem. No Alex Oxley Chamberlain. That it's that thing of this is a massive game because we didn't pick the point to get the full points in the last couple of, in a couple of home games. If we if we beat an Everton or if we'd managed to beat West Brom. This is far more. I think you can take it a little bit easier in this, but we've we've played ourselves into a situation where, and personally, I think Jurgen as well. I think you want to go to Stamford Bridge, going, look, we'll try and win. Of course, we will, and we should be able to go quite strong for that game, regardless. But you <coughs> you can lose at Stamford Bridge. I would like us to be able to just have three points in the bag, and then you go to Brighton last game of the season, knowing that a draw gets you gets you the bare minimum what you need. Get three points, and then see where you get see where you finish. I'm pretty comfortable with the way that the fixtures have worked out. To be honest mm. with you, I think it's quite good for us that we played on Tuesday, and the next game's the Wednesday, and yeah. we've got the Saturday twelve thirty yeah. kickoff. I think that's a real big help for mm-hmm. us. In the Premier League, I haven't done that 
for us, not the way that Real Madrid have like seven days off before their Champions League game or whatever. But I think the fixture list has been a little bit kind to us there. And I'm all right with going as full strength as you as you're willing to go. Like I'm I'm thinking maybe like an Ings again up top or something like that. Maybe you rest Salah this time as yeah. opposed to Firmino. I mean the thing is I guess the way that the way that it's kind of structured for the for the Rome game is that you need to be absolute. The, the worry is that you don't you don't want to be you don't want your legs falling off in the last twenty minutes. That's true. Um, but also a goal or two goals, you know, Liverpool kills that game off, and you you've got a better chance to do that. Regardless, even if you rest a bit, you still got a better chance of that being fitter and fresher in the first hour of the football match anyway. So I, I suspect Klopp will go pretty strong for Stoke. The hope is that I mean, the thing is you can rest. It's tough. It's just a tough. It's the midfield. The midfield's the big issue because it's so vital to how we play. And you can see how like, Jimmy Miller got <laughs> ended up left wing, very, very left wing, right at the end of that game. And he was trying step overs and all this, and he was just about getting. He just looked done in, completely not finished. And you know that you then got that issue of: Do you bring a Curtis Jones in for this game? Do you bring a Ben Woodburn into the midfield? This is the Premier League, and we're fighting for top four. Yeah. That's what you've got to look at it as, and and it's unfortunate. It's the midfield. You're exactly right. The injury to Ox is is is, is a real blow for us because it, it was tough when we just had one change to make. You know what I mean? Now there's no changes. You, you change formations. You go three at the back. Do you go maybe four two, four two? I don't think we've got the players to do anything like the four four two. I think the three at the back is probably the only thing we can do formation wise. Mm-hmm. That that means we can play with one less midfielder. But I think you've got. I think if there's one midfielder you rest in, it's James Milner. Yeah, I think that's a, I think that's a decent shout because uh, again he's not only played a lot of football, but then again Jordan Henderson, I don't know how physically capable he is of playing that much. The good thing is, and I've mentioned this in a few places, we know that the team bang into the unity of pain. Um, so you know maybe you do just go with the same team again and go, lads, look, we'll figure it, we'll figure it out. You know, you, you, to be fair, it's this is the way it's going to work. If you want to be in a European Cup final. Then you're gonna to have to give us absolutely. You're gonna give us anything, but you're gonna to have to find new depths. And then we're gonna go the week after. And we're gonna so we'll, we'll we'll figure out. You're not you get to the end of the season, get past Brighton, and you've got you'll you'll hopefully be in a European Cup final, and you'll have a week. You, we'll give you a few days off. You know, go and sun yourself for a few it's days in between. Jurgen Klopp, I think we mentioned it on the build-up show a week or so ago. Jurgen Klopp said I rotated early in the season, so I don't have to rotate now. And I I strongly believe that he's right. And if he's saying that, it's, that sounds it's true when you've got. But Bop, you can bring people and I'd into no, the game, I'd, isn't I'd it? I'd normally be sat here telling you, break the spirit early of Stoke and take your players off. The problem with the West Brom results, that will give Stoke confidence, even if we go two goals up, yeah. is that they know that our eyes are on Wednesday in the Champions League yeah. and they'll be waiting for that drop-off. So their manager might be saying just... Keep it close, keep it close, and then they have got to go into their shell a little bit yeah. and, and and reserve some energy, and that's going to be the key thing for me in this yeah. game. We've got a couple of them related to what we've discussed there: um, Curtis Briley, LFC Kurt, and uh, Callum Bailey. Um, Curtis said, "What's the plan with Ox injury? We only have three midfielders. If surely would Burn were brought into the squad." And Callum Bailey said, "Would you <coughs> could see Gomez or Klein at right back and Trent in midfield?" Um, that, that's actually a, a decent shout, but again, it's just like. Need to I want rest. exactly. I want I want Trent as fit as as fit as possible for this. That's why the only I think the three at the back thing is is maybe makes sense because you can play Gomez as right of a back of a back there, and you can play Klein as a right wing back. If, if shove Moreno on the other side if you want. Exactly. Yeah. You know. So that's maybe what we we might see. But it's a conundrum. I mean, this is look. This is a big test. The big managers in the big books, and if you want to be successful in the season, then you have to find problems to these things. But also equally, the good thing is is that I would bank on. I'm not saying we're going to make a hero out of a Curtis Jones or this is the game where Ben Woodburn absolutely you know, re-emerges or whatever. Ben Woodburn's here, uh, provided he's fit. I, I mean, I don't know. I don't quite know. I know he's been in and around stuff a little bit more recently, which is which is good. But, you know, there's a lad who should have had, I think he should have had more first-team action this season. He was on the free, he was close to it last year. Trent's made that step up because he's had opportunity to make that step up. Could be one of those situations where Ben Woodburn could do it. We saw a bit of him in field in pre-season and this could just be his grasp. You know, we talk about Man United in 0809 and Federico Makeda. We always being, talk about that. No, pick. no, but you know, but this is what happens. Man United and 
massive football clubs have this thing where when the shit hits the fan, they bring in this lad, and whether they get a career out of him or not irrelevant, they bring them in and they don't falter under the pressure and in the spotlight. So big chance for some for potentially for some fringe players or young players to to maybe not make a name for themselves, but certainly lay claim to making a name for themselves. You also had the greatest idea ever last night, Paul, <laughs> and I'm surprised you haven't already mentioned it. I totally forgot I'd said it. So, I don't think it's possible, unfortunately, but if it was possible to register a, a free transfer, register Steven Gerrard. Register Steven Gerrard. I don't, I don't think it's possible. I think we've missed the window for that, but imagine. Just, just Don't even have to play. Just put him on the bench. Just put him on the bench for Stoke. Get him to because that was his last game. His last game was there. It was it was against Stoke as well, wasn't it? That horrendous, horrendous game. Um, there'll be something like there'll be something nice about that. I, I get it. It's not possible, but he's there. He's in reasonable shape. You don't need much, even if you just reasonable minutes. shape. Have you just said Stephen Gerrard's in reasonable shape? I thought I was in semi-reasonable shape. He's in fucking for the professional Yeah, but what I mean is he played that like seven aside game against um, hashtag I think it was and got and got injured off the, off the back of it. He's it. Look, he's not a young man anymore. You know, you think and he's playing a lot of football in his day. What is it? You're not putting Stephen Gerrard into the cut and thrust of a of a, of a competitive game for ninety minutes. But if you Paul, want five I fucking minutes, am. I am. Yeah. If you want five minutes just to give Jordan Henderson's legs a bit of a rest, so he's fine. Yeah, 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 again, it's not possible. Wouldn't it, wouldn't it be amazing? Wouldn't it be amazing? Um, yes. If anyone else has got solutions to the Stoke conundrum, let us know in the comments below, please. Um, you may as well register next video. season as well, though, because he's a homegrown. Yeah, sure. Why not? <laughs> yeah, just in case. Um, yeah. Why the but, fuck yeah. not? Yeah, solutions to the Stoke Conundrum in the comments below. Please drop a like on the video if you're watching on YouTube and subscribe to the channel. We are on the march. We are less than 10K away. It's from amazing. 250,000, a quarter of a million subscribers. Uh, otherwise, if you're listening on audio podcast type devices like phones uh, <laughs> or your ears, um, make sure you leave five-star reviews or whatever the kind of system is in place for that. But other than that, thank you very much, Chris. That's been an absolute pleasure. It has been an absolute pleasure, Paul. Yeah, hopefully Stoke continues to be a pleasure and hopefully we don't die in Rome. Uh, we'll be back for more podcasty goodness next week. Walk on. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads.